0: Gone but not forgotten. We didn't forget about you guys. Just took a little bit of a break. Welcome back to another episode of the QB Spotlight Podcast. Steve Hamner, Eric Henry, coming off of a very eventful NFL draft weekend. It is, I don't know about Steve in Texas, but I've been saying for a while now that it is summer, even though if you look at the calendar, it's not (laughs) a calendar. It's not summer according to the calendar, but when you live in Texas and you live in Florida... Steve, I'm sure you had that moment you walked outside and that humidity hit you in the face.
1: Nine degrees, 90 plus degrees right now. That's how we roll though, you know? <laughs> it has been
0: 90 all week here in the Sunshine State. And look, we're not complaining. No. Steve's not complaining, Lone Star State. I'm not complaining. It could be a lot cooler, but I'll be damned. Uh, uh, Steve, you've been to Vegas and, and Phoenix before, right? I
1: have, yes, I
0: have. Man, don't you doesn't doesn't it feel so refreshing when you have that humidity?
1: Yeah, I'm so used to it. I like it now though. I'll, I'll you like good. it? Welcome to Pam. I'm like, you know, other people can't deal with it, but we can right? right? We're just some Texas and Florida kids at heart still, so that's how we roll. I'm,
0: I'm not saying I can't deal with it. Like, like you mentioned, being, you know, from here, you can deal with it. And you know, I remember my first trip to Vegas, right? So uh, I, I'll, I'll try not to go too far of a sidebar here. You know, typically we like to open the pod with an interesting story or anecdote. I will try not to go too off base, but if remember my first trip to Vegas, I'm out there with a buddy of mine, and we're staying – off strip, right? So we're nearby, like the resorts, excuse me, the resorts, the casinos and whatnot, but within walking distance. Mm-hmm. And I was still living in Chicago at the time. So for those of you listening at home, walking distance for me was like two miles. You know, <laughs> when you live in Chicago, two miles is walking distance. Now I'm, I'm not footing it, you know, two blocks. But I'm um, uh, just walking out there and I'm like, man, it feels so refreshing that you felt the sun, but you're not sweating. You know what I'm saying? So like, that was uh, that was um, that was a nice welcome change, man. Steve, how's it going, man? You know, but before we, we hop into things, I've uh, got to catch up with you, man. It's been a couple weeks. How, how's it going? You
1: no, know, all good here. We, me and Eric, were both busy last week because crazy stuff. But uh, you know, now we're here, rocking and rolling. Got some cool stuff going on. And uh, as always, we love talking quarterbacks, but things are good here. Uh, nothing's new, dude. I feel like we text each other all the time too, right? So like, we're always like, not that anyone cares about our personal life but don't worry guys we are staying in touch even though i'm not in florida anymore so all is good here eric how's the beach have you been to the beach lately at all
0: man i listen it's one of those things where when you live in florida and again for all the people who aren't from florida they're like oh i don't want to hear this nonsense when you live here and it's like 20 minutes away i should go more often than i do but then it's like man it's going to be slammed out there you know the, the COVID restrictions are pretty much lifted here, so it's back to normal, it's back to business here. So uh I have not, but I, I absolutely will making it out there sometime soon. Um, yeah, man. Uh definitely a lot to a uh, lot to enjoy about the weather turning and whatnot. And uh and uh definitely a lot to enjoy as far as football is concerned. The NFL draft is something we're coming up off of. And I know you and I both uh, had a chance to watch the draft. But Steve, how do you like the overall we get into the picks? How do you like the draft presentation? Do you like the Thursday, Friday, Saturday deal, or what's your thoughts, man?
1: Uh, yes, but here's the thing. I wish the first round didn't take, was it eight minutes, ten minutes? Like, when they know how much time is left on the clock, or I mean, excuse me, when they know who they're picking, just, just, just go ahead and throw it in there. Let's move this show along. I know it's East and They've got to make it last three hours, four hours, whatever. But I wish they would hurry up. What do you think? Are you Do – You, you got to feel the same way.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's the thing that because the, the first round now is just this one-night event, you know, you know that it's going to be, I mean, dude, I remember, I'm going to get on my old man deal here, but I remember, you know, watching the draft as a kid when, you know, they do it all in two days and you could get through the first three rounds in, you know, six, seven hours. supposed to now, you know, it's three, three and a half hours just for the first damn round. So yeah. that is a, that is a bit of a, I don't know say it? a struggle. But it's it's a it's a production now. It's a production, right? You know. And with that being said, one of the things that we took notice of their production is that two of the top two, excuse me, two of the top three picks. I'm out of rhythm. You don't do this podcast uh, every week. And all of a sudden, I'm tripping over my words here. Non-power five picks. What are your thoughts on that, Steve? Just in general?
1: I think that's great. You know, because obviously we, we cover majority G five, but all things quarterbacks, and so we're always rooting for the um, guys kind of underlooked, under- and by no means were Zach Wilson and Trey Lance underlooked in the draft, but it's fair to say two years ago they were underlooked, right? A year ago they were underlooked before the season actually happened. So, um, I mean, I don't know if that's that's probably not going to be the norm moving forward, but we always see at least one of these guys that got kind of under-recruited, if you will, in high school uh, tend to be one of the top guys picked. At the at the quarterback position, so it's nice to see two of them, two out of the three. Now, if it was me, would I have picked a, a certain quarterback over those two? Hell yeah! But I don't get paid that money, and so, um, but you know, good picks regardless. Steve,
0: I want to ask you this real quick? I definitely want your thoughts on this. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance. I know a lot of the talk was about a level of competition, but b the small sample size. Trey Lance obviously did not start a ton of ball games at the FCS level. Mm-hmm. Zach Wilson. If you take away this year, and you can say that about a lot of guys, think about Joe Burrow. Well, if you take away this year, you know, certainly didn't look like a guy was going to be a top five pick. Uh, thoughts on that?
1: So I, I've heard this narrative of, uh, of people talking about uh, both of them. i start with Zach Wilson first. So two years ago, I don't have the stats put up in front of me. His stats obviously want, weren't nearly as good as they were this past year. He was playing tougher competition. You know, they're playing more uh, Power Five schools. And then when you come to 2020 and the COVID year with, with all the different games canceled and like conferences playing only in conference besides for some of the smaller conferences for the, for the most part, uh, the level of competition went down. And so they weren't playing these bigger schools. So you put these huge numbers. So um, I've heard that narrative surrounding Zach Wilson, which helped him put up big numbers and get to uh, the, become a second round pick. And, you know, I'm not, disagreeing or agreeing with that narrative that's out there. And then with Trey Lance, I think it's just the fact that he is, he was so good that year and showed so many qualities that could be transferred to the NFL that um, it was worth the pick. And what I, I also heard, you may have heard this too, that Trey Lance was probably the best interview, the quarterback to be interviewed in all these big interviews. I think he like, right. so that's a big deal too.
0: Uh, my big two cents is this, yep. you know, I, I think especially with the draft itself, it, some of it is about production, and some of it is about projecting what a guy is going to do going forward in his development, right? And I don't know which camp you fall in. I normally am the type of guy who would like to see, you know, a quarterback do it, or a player, or I don't care what position, do it over an extended period of time. However, I do understand that when you're choosing the number one position in all of sports, and you have a guy who you say he has a set of skills that we think we can, you know, maybe. Craft and mold, and you know, refine them, and and you know, kind of get that boom. I, I understand it. Uh, I, you know, and like I said, we won't get too far into um, P5 versus G5, but I do think a guy like Justin Fields, my personal opinion, yes, you know, hey, it's definitely the Bears game, and uh, I, I would have chosen him maybe over uh, the other two guys, but but I respect the fact that, and I think going forward, especially when we talk about you know we'll, later on this podcast, guys like Malik Willis trying to project where they may go. Uh, it, it just it, it helps you know kind of open those doors you know you can go back to the days of Dante Culpepper cheap UCF plug here uh, yeah. but hey uh, non-P5 at the time there was no P5 or G5 back then it was just it was just a uh, um, um, 1A and 1AA and UCF was a 1A team so uh, but yeah he was one of the first small school guys you know to go uh, top five top ten so Definitely an interesting topic there. Uh, anything else you got on that, Steve? Or you know, oh, you yeah, know I'm there.
1: totally with you. that Justin, I mean, like we talked in the last pod, like Justin Fields is, um, yeah, he, he's. I won't get into it, but he 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 was definitely someone I thought should be considered higher. But like I said, those two guys are, are good quarterbacks too, and hopefully, they all have good careers.
0: Keeping it with the quarterbacks overall, you look at ten quarterbacks drafted this year. Excuse me, uh, thirteen drafted in 2020. Uh, each year probably going to get about 10 or 11. You go back and track the years, but this year, no G5 quarterbacks. Uh, 2020, there were G5 quarterbacks. 2019, no. 2018, yes. 2017, no. 2016, yes. So I guess that means 2022 will be a yes, right? You go yeah, off, on, off, on. However, I mean, listen, and here's just my two cents For I pass it to you, Steve. Some of that is going to be circumstantial, right? Because when you look at P5 quarterbacks and whether or not you want to believe that those players are more talented at that level, it's open for debate. However, you're probably going to get a higher turn. I mean, a they're just, you know, it's not that they're more um, uh, P five teams, me for not having the exact breakdown, but in terms of turnover, you're going to have uh, a guy who may be, you know uh, uh, more easily projected to be a NFL draft pick from a power five school. Right. If I, that's what I'm trying to say there. Whereas the G five level, not only the quarterback, but the team around him, it's going to take a lot of things coming into play for that guy to get that shine that he should, um, you know, I'm, I'm say if you don't have like the physical tools of a Trey Lance or, or a Zach Wilson. So with that, Steve, I'll let you take it away as far as your thoughts on the fact that no G5 quarterbacks were drafted this year. Were you surprised? Were there any guys that you thought, you know, maybe had an outside shot that didn't end up getting drafted?
1: I think the only one I, I considered maybe that could be drafted was Shane Bushell right now. So I don't think I'm surprised this year. Um, next I know we'll get into 2022 next year we should have several G5 guys get get drafted but no I don't I don't, I don't there wasn't like one guy who you for sure thought was like last year we had James Morgan like you knew he was gonna get drafted you didn't know if it was gonna be fourth fifth sixth that we didn't know what round but you were pretty confident he's gonna get drafted this year there was really no guy you thought was gonna get drafted um, I know B- Bush, Bushel signed as the as undrafted free agent with the Chiefs but besides that there's no other G5 quarterback that signed uh, you know undrafted free agent Deals, actually you know, we have several guys in camp are going to rookie camp but that's not an actual uh free agent deal so I wasn't too too surprised with, with this year's class uh maybe I would have thought more of the guys could sign undrafted free free agent deals but when you have like guys like Damian Newman who didn't get drafted um then then those guys are going to sign over you know the some of the other group of five quarterbacks that did not get drafted
0: yeah you know you mentioned Shane Bichelle and he was the only undrafted free agent then you have uh, Brady White is in rookie camp with Tennessee, and Zach Smith to the Bills. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it, like you know, I, I'm not surprised they're getting a shot. Like um, Brady White, I, I thought Zach Thomas might. I mean, maybe he, maybe he will get a shot at camp. I don't know yet, you know. But as of now, like those, are the two guys you probably w- would think would get a shot. Brady White because of the other numbers he put up, and Zach Smith because of the kind of NFL build that he has. Uh, so you know, I'm glad they're getting shots. Uh, I'm surprised that Thomas hasn't gotten any one yet. And there's probably a few other guys that I'm just blanking on that I would think would at least get a camp invite, but uh, haven't yet.
0: Uh, you know, a really quick thought here as far as Shane Buschel. And I, I, I just kind of think in your mind, who does he remind you of? I know I sent you a list of, um, you know, quarterbacks and a list of all prospects where those guys were comps between, you know, this guy and that guy. Uh, Shane Buschel, who do you kind of, if you had to kind of pick an NFL comp, who would he remind you of?
1: So this is going to be a big cop out. And it's, it goes up the list that you sent me, but I think it's a perfect kind of. I think it's a perfect uh, comp.
0: And, and, and go ahead and make sure you shout out the uh, the author of that. Uh, should He's be awesome. Thor Nyström.
1: Okay. Okay. Well, you you say. Okay, I'm gonna have He's you. Is Thor? Yeah, Thor, Thor Nyström. Yep. There we go. All right. Yep. So, so these are his rankings or his kind of comparisons, right? Yep. Okay. Yeah. So he compared. Chamber um, shell the case, the case Keenum, and I think it's a perfect comparison. Just a gunslinger, just thrown all around, and can move a little bit, right? Uh, and of course, both from the great state of Texas. No, no surprise there, Eric. Uh, but but I think it's actually a pretty good comparison. Do you, you have you have someone a bit different, or w- w- would no? You-
0: listen, there's a reason I I you know sent you that article because I thought Thor knocked it out of the park. He does a great job every year as far as his comps. I mean, he goes all the way down you know from quarterback to kicker you know and really does a a great job spot on as far as when you when you look at him no cop outs no guys always like all right he just looks at this guy and says he's this you know he goes through and watches the tapes So Thor you know awesome job as always yes sir
1: I'll I'll leave that uh this article in the description and the video absolutely
0: absolutely really quick you mentioned the great state of Texas Steve did you happen to see uh the breakdown of NFL draft picks this year per state.
1: Think I'm going to throw this your way, Eric. So I saw the, I saw it was 37 from Florida and 33 from Texas. However, uh, we gave y'all some draft picks because K- uh, like Helen Mann went to IMG, but the first years before that, he's from Texas, from San Antonio. So we'll give you some draft picks. Now admit if any state's going to beat Texas, it's going to be, Flo- be Florida. Um, and so, you know what? Y'all won. Congratulations. Um, but we did. We did give y'all. We did throw y'all a guy, maybe two. I don't know, uh, but for sure, Kellen Mon.
0: <laughs> see, I now you know what, and I appreciate. And normally, Steve and I engage in this friendly banter. of Texas versus Florida wasn't even where I was going to go with this one. There, Steve, I want to hit you with this one on just a sheer wow. Um, did you see the breakdown? I, I don't know if you caught this or not. You caught the one of the states, thirty-seven, Florida, correct? And of course, you know if you want to take Kellen Mond back, thirty-six. Exactly. yeah. 24 of those from Florida combined from Dade and Broward County. That means 24 kids from South Florida. I mean, if you, of course, you can, and I didn't even see from Palm Beach. So there may be an additional one or two from Palm Beach, but just Dade and Broward County. I believe four, uh, Broward County had 14, Dade had nine. That's just in a one-year draft. Can you imagine if you do that for four years? If, and, and listen, none of us are going to sit up here and try to tell kids, you know, your be all end all should be the NFL. But if there's one place where you're living, and it's like, you got a fair shot. I mean, that's 14 kids from one county. You do multiply that there. That's 48 kids over a four year span. That's that's insane, Steve. That's that's also bad math on my part. That's a, that's a, a 56, not 48. But go ahead, Steve. Make sure I I clarify that before I get called out.
1: That's always been the case. Like, like that air, that pocket has always been just like NFL, NFL. Like it's not just like big time D1. Duh, is expected. It's NFL. And you know what I mean? Texas has similar spots. Florida has spots. Yeah. Though, like, I think the closest state uh, to to Texas and Florida was, I think, Georgia. I think I had like 21.
0: I think Georgia had a fair amount. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Louisiana had a good amount. I think Louisiana and Georgia were above California now. Which, which is
0: normally crazy. isn't the case, but yeah.
1: you know. Um, uh, but yeah. kind of, in a way, it kind of makes sense, right? If football is so important where we live in the South, then it's probably going to be a little – Better,
0: right? Uh, but I don't know. Yeah, no, no. I listen. You know me. I'm gonna agree with you there. But just want to run that one by. That's just, I mean, 24 kids from South Florida. That's 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 incredible. Um, want to go ahead and transition really quick into the 2022 draft to wrap this one up. And uh, and like we mentioned, you know, we're gonna go ahead and take a couple episodes. Just do a couple fun things. We'll do a little draft talk. You know, we take a break from the quarterback competitions. And you know, it's right now. it's it's, it's summertime. So definitely want to, you know, give that a little bit of time to rest. If we come back and we have some little more solid foundation. So we're going to talk a little bit of draft here. Then also next episode, we'll have some fun probably with our guy, Joe Broback. Uh, Joe, I'm assuming Broback will to make time for us. He's a busy man, you know, pumping out all the content that he uh, is. He's a, a master of the college football Twitterverse and the content creation. He always has some fun, nice things that he's, uh, t- you know, cooking up there. We're going to have him on the podcast. But as far as 2022, Way too early, Steve. Go ahead and run them down, and uh, you know, hit them one by one. See what you got.
1: Yeah, so here's the list. How about I'll just run through the names real quick, and then we can go touch on, you know, have everyone touch on. Um, I'm with it. Order, but we got Carson Strong from Nevada, Desmond Ritter from Cincy of course, Malik Willis uh, from uh, Liberty. And even though he's Indy, we still throw him in the, the people we cover. Dylan Gabriel, if he decides to go, would be an option if he decides to leave early. Uh, Billy Zappi from Western Kentucky. I have Caleb Ellaby from Western Michigan. And admittedly, the Mac isn't something we spend a ton of time on, but he's put up good numbers. Uh, potentially, Nick Starkel from San Jose State had a good year last year. He has got a shot. Jake Hayner from Fresno State. I think he's a senior don't quote me but if he is he's got a shot if he has a good year and then one that I don't think is likely is Grayson McCall because he's only going to be a redshirt sophomore but he is he would be eligible I believe right crazy good year who knows but I would imagine he's coming back for another year and
0: and and actually well okay (laughs) that's we get the technicalities Grayson McCall will be a redshirt freshman again because of the year rule but because he is three years removed from his high school graduation he would be eligible so in a normal year he'd be a red shirt sophomore and it's actually funny because i've had to kind of get my mind into that when doing these previews for FIU. i'm sitting there writing r for r fresh or r soft again like wait a minute like it should go a year up but yeah just remember the easiest way to remember it for those of you at home everyone's eligibility from 2020 is their eligibility in 2021 in terms of the year class right so if you're a true freshman in 2020 you are a true freshman in 2021, and then your year will roll over in 2022. But yeah, so
1: I'm sorry, Steve. Um, go ahead. No, no, that, that, that's that's the whole list I got. I don't know if you have anyone else to add, but I think that I think we've got a, the smaller schools have a much better shot of having several guys drafted than we did, you know, this past year.
0: <sighs> I don't know. I, I listen. I think there are going to be a couple wild cards. You know what I mean? I, and I, I think that's always the case because we, I, we led the show with Trey Lance and Zach Wilson, right. You wouldn't necessarily thought those guys, and maybe, you know, say have a shot at getting drafted, but no one would have said, you know, first round. I feel like there's always going to be a guy or two like that. I think in, in conference USA, I still don't necessarily see anyone like that right now because of the fact that it's a league that's still, you know, kind of developing their quarterbacks. And even I, I would say, I mean, if you want to take a flyer on someone, a Frank Harris is like a dynamic athlete, but even then, he still hasn't really shown enough as a passer, um, and or, or really, you know, being healthy. But um, he, he Excuse me. He definitely has the athleticism of a guy like Malik Willis at, at Liberty. Um, you know, you look at the American, like you mentioned, Dylan Gabriel. But he, even outside of that, I mean, you know, uh, it's. I think it's going to be a work in progress for G five quarterbacks go. But uh, do you have a uh, maybe a favorite? I mean, yeah. for me, I, I'm or, or go ahead. Let you go. I that that want first. first. You got it. Malik Willis I mean I I you you were the first one yeah and then I just kind of thought back to myself the athleticism I had a chance to see him play live twice last year opening game at home against FIU and also the bowl game and here's the big thing and I'm curious your thoughts on this Steve I think in Hugh Freeze's RPO system it's a great system for a quarterback, and he, he executes it well. I think we're going to see a little bit more consistency as a passer. But he, and this is my NFL comp, if I may get ahead of myself, Bob Griffin. Really? I, I, I absolutely, RG3. I think his athleticism is that. Um, and listen, I, I, Steve, do we need to remind the people of how, what type of athlete? RG3 was a track athlete.
1: 100%. Like I think, almost want to try to be in the Olympics, like in the hundred, like
0: right. Our RG three was that level of ath- of uh, athletic at quarterback, and I'm going to be honest, I I think he's on that level. I think that's the best comp. I mean, do you have you know when you talk about Willis, the other guy?
1: i Have one right off the top of my head. That's a good comp. Like he Willis is freaky athletic. I think um uh anyone's been keeping up with us knows how high we've been on Willis. Even a few podcasts ago, I said. You know, I think he's he's a first-round pick. And now he's finally getting some publicity. There's an article that came out in The Athletic saying league, Willis is one of these potential top guys. I really like Carson Strong from Nevada. I I for sure think he has a big future and a good chance – be drafted fairly high if he has a good year uh he's finally starting to get some recognition even in desmond ritter from cincinnati is starting to get some recognition those three quarterbacks i believe are ranked in the top 10 uh for the 2020 class by whatever publication uh that, that just put something out so that was nice to see three uh even though liberty is not a group of five but three of the non-power five uh quarterbacks being the top 10 um dylan gabriel is not in there if he was a senior, I would imagine they, that, that they would have had him in there. Um, but I, I, I think Desmond Ritter, if he does what he does last – if he does what he did last year and if Carson Strong does what he did last year and Malik Willis does what he did last year, they're all fairly high-drafted quarterbacks in my opinion. And anyone after that I think would take a huge year. Like Stark will take a big year. Uh, Bailey Zappi take a huge year at Western Kentucky, right? Like Dylan Gabriel cool. would leave after the one year and and, and the new – uh, offense, but if he is a crazy astronomical year, maybe he leaves early too. I don't know. Uh, but I, I, my three front runners are Malik Willis, Carson Strong, and Desmond Ritter uh, for the smaller school quarterbacks, if you will.
0: Yeah, and my thing on Malik Willis is this: the reason I compare him to RG three, and people tend to forget because RG three was banged up and is kind of, uh, for lack of a better phrase, he's gangly, <laughs> kind of a gangly framed kid. But he's six three two twenty. Like RG three is a big guy. He just is you know, long arms, long limbs, like looks like a sprinter, you know? So I, I but that's why I give the comp to Malik Willis or Malik Willis to RG three, I should say, because Malik Willis is probably a bit thicker than him. He, Malik Willis is a, probably legit 215 220 but he's about six foot six one. Um, the only other comp I can think of, and I didn't think this was fair was a Donovan McNabb, but Donovan McNabb, in my opinion, was never the athlete. And, and listen, Donovan McNabb was a great athlete, right. but, you know, can play college basketball and, and football, but, you Know Malik Willis, different level in my opinion,
1: yeah. I mean, now very good athlete, but he wasn't he didn't have that like explosiveness, able to accelerate top speed real quick like Malik Willis has. RJ3 of course had uh,
0: absolutely we want to go and hit on one quick transfer before we get out of here, and that's Nikosi Perry, the kid out of Ocala Vanguard High School, four star recruit, started 11 games at Miami. I believe my math is correct with the 11 games, but definitely had a significant playing time, significant playing experience at UM is heading to Florida Atlantic. Well, that's a quarterback competition, a quarterback spot that we've talked about a decent amount. So we won't go rehash a quarterback competition like we mentioned until things a little further along. But just what are your thoughts overall on that landing spot for him and just the fact that he'll have two years of eligibility with Willie Taggart?
1: Yeah, d- yeah, it's definitely, you know, I think a, a, not a bad pickup. And I'm sure you have some – I think you told me maybe recently that that, that, that move was kind of expected maybe – uh, but especially with Willie Taggart facing Nikosi Perry when he was at Florida State. And I think Perry even won that game when, when, when they played uh, when he was at, uh, when Perry was still at Miami and Tagger was at Florida State. So, you know, he's seen him play before he knows that he brings to the table. So this again, one of those guys who had some good showings and then, you know, would have games where he's throwing completing passes under 50% uh, completion percentage. So, um, but you know, worth taking. And if, and if you, surround him with some playmakers you know I think he can probably do a decent job it's interesting competition though you know I know we're not getting into it but it's an interesting competition
0: yeah you know I think it's interesting and with Nikosi, the thing in my opinion you know I had a chance to really see his first extended playing experience against an FBS opponent that came against FIU 2018 31-17 victory for the Hurricanes at Hard Rock Stadium and he always showed the physical tools so just the consistency. That completion percentage is hovering somewhere around 54%. That's got to go up. And I think in Willie Taggart's offense, that's, you know, has a potential. And, and, and here's the big thing. I think the, the completion percentage has a potential to go up. But here's the big thing. Michael Johnson Jr., probably a, a project, right? Um, a talented guy, four-star recruit, son of the offensive coordinator there, probably a project guy. You know, Javian Posey, probably a, a project guy, right? Willie Tagger Jr., same thing. When you look at Nikosi Perry, he is the most experienced quarterback on that roster. And from a sheer talent perspective, he's someone who you can pencil in and say, all right, we have our guy who we expect to make all the plays as opposed to, all right, we're trying to find ways to facilitate offense through him to get him comfortable. And that's what you would think is a fair assessment, right?
1: Yeah, I think that's true, especially the quarterback play FAU had last year. Like, they would have taken the 54 completion percentage that Nekrosi Perry brings over because he's going to throw some bombs. He's going to throw some – you know what I mean? There's a threat of a vertical attack. So, I think that's a fair thing to say.
0: No doubt about it. So, we're going to go and bring this pod to a close. As we mentioned, next podcast, we'll go ahead and find our friend from old Minnesota. Uh, Broback's going to get a laugh out of this when he hears my Minnesota accent, uh, Joe Broback. Very thick Minneapolis accent, Stevie. You got anything else? or are you good?
1: I was gonna say, um, I don't know, I, don't, I forget if you told him the game we're gonna play or not, but we're gonna have Brobeck do the, um, we're gonna have him put the amount of money on each player, so people can, can get mad at him and not at us. Correct.
0: Make sure you <laughs> specify that that it's Joe Brobeck at. Joe Broback, who you're going to get upset at on Twitter. But uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter. You can find me on Twitter at Eric C. Henry underscore. You can find Steve on Twitter at S-T-E-V-E-N Hamner, H-A-M-N-E-R. You can find this podcast on Twitter at QB Spotlight. You can find it on YouTube. Same at QB Spotlight. You can find Steve's uh, work. Where else can you find it, Steve? Oh, am I reach training? What else am I, I going to shout out here? I want to make sure I get all the shout outs here. Re- reach training, plug reach training really quick.
1: Yeah, throw in, you know, uh, reach training, so it's, a, it's, it's what we do. It's a, it's, a, it's a nonprofit, and we give the same services we give to our pro athletes to kids that would not be able to afford that. So uh, reach training, if, y'all inter- if anyone's interested in more detail about what that is, <laughs> uh, let me know. I'm always happy to talk about it.
0: I caught Steve off guard with the shameless plug. He is above the shameless plug. I am not. And with that being said, you can find my work at Underdog Dynasty, SB Nation's home for G5 football coverage. Find this podcast, Podbean, iTunes. I uh, Podbean hosted. You can find it Apple iTunes. Just punch in, you know, QB Spotlight. You'll find it. And last but not least, NFLDraftDiamonds.com, DraftDiamonds.com on Twitter. They do a phenomenal job spotlighting draft diamonds. And you can find a lot of the kids that we talk about on their platform, NFL draft diamonds on Twitter. Thank you for listening. Happy football reliving as we're in the summer. So go out and, you know, crack open a beer, enjoy the weather, rewatch an old football game. I mean, listen, we were short at a full football season this year. So you have all the, the liberty to go and, you know, pop open a, a beer and watch a game from 2019, 2020, And um, we'll try to get you prepared as best we can for 2021. Thank you all for listening. Please join us next time.